The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org.
um, you know, what, what were the price ranges? What are the widely used terms among the, the housing commission and other bodies that deal with the rental market? Uh, there's, there's often, uh, I guess some commonly used um, uh, data points are, you know, you have the median income of everybody working in an arbor um, or everybody residing in an arbor rather. Uh, and they will take that median income and take 60% of that. And that's a, like kind of a benchmark. They say, okay, uh, for people earning 60% of the median income, you know, what, what can they afford and, and that sort of thing. I know there was also discussion of what constitutes uh, affordable housing and um, very unaffordable housing as well. So there were, there's a lot, and honestly, the presentation is the best thing to look through. If you guys can either watch the video, I guess watching the video is the best thing, and just watch them do the presentation that's posted on YouTube and CTN channel, right? <clears throat> I think so. Well, but I'll have to double if not, check if it if, was recorded. Okay. Okay, I hope so, because that presentation was really helpful, and it had a lot of information. And Nick and Travis, are, is there anything else you want to add in? Yeah, I would just say that it was interesting to me from the standpoint of how challenging it is to actually successfully bring low-income housing into a city such as ours and um you know now i understand why city council grapples with that issue um is so significantly because there are no easy solutions and you know there's certain strategies that can address certain aspects of the housing situation and um but it it didn't seem to me that there were many other cities that were really successfully doing anything differently that uh, everybody's sort of forging ahead uh, you know it's it was a little bit over my head in spots, frankly, because I don't really study that that part of the housing issue so much. But um, I'm really glad I attended and got um, my awareness raised to some extent. Um, feel free to chime in, city council folks, because that's why you get paid the big bucks, right? Um, I, I agree. I mean, I think I agree with Zechariah that I think. Um, for those of you who weren't able to attend, um, I don't believe CTN was there, but the meeting may have been recorded. We can check. Um, either way, I think the presentation could probably get sent out to everyone. Um, I'm actually, I'm trying to rack my brain right now as to what was last week's meeting versus just our last normal HHSAB <laughs> um, meeting since I'm always in them. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, there are definitely opportunities for us uh, to kind of continue collaborating with that group. Um, I do know that one of the one of the additional things that we were reminded of during that meeting is one of the liaisons who's um, been able to attend uh, this group um, is stepping off of HHSAB. And so they are looking to identify a new person who can kind of go back and forth between the two um, to, to have that, that connection maintained long-term. So um, hopefully we'll have a new, a new person to be able to introduce here soon. I will send around the PowerPoint um, from Teresa to, to the group.
I also don't want to uh, promise extra work on on uh, staff, but I, I think that if if you guys are reviewing that and and see things that you have questions on or um, you know want to learn more about, I think I have generally found that Teresa and Jennifer Hall are both super interested in talking to people and and walking folks through things and helping them get an understanding. So um, if that time didn't work for you, but you're still interested in in learning more, asking specific questions about the presentation, I'm fairly confident they would be willing to set up some time with you to chat. I agree. I think some of the best resources on the topic. So. Okay. Uh, and the next thing you said, Kristen, was the uh, right to renew update, right? Yeah, um, could kind of move through the agenda items. Nothing um, would require action except minutes um, or the work plan if you chose to approve it. So you can move through the agenda just as discussion items for now. Okay, thank you. Um, and I think at the end, maybe we can have a quick discussion about how to make sure that we make we meet quorum consistently as a body. Um, so yeah, the update on right to renew. I suppose I could turn this over to our council members on this. Um, either uh, if either of you would like to talk about uh, the passage or any notes about that. I've been talking a bit, Elizabeth. Do you wanna do you wanna give an update or do you want? It was approved. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It was approved. Sure. Um, Okay. When's the effective date? Um, it didn't have a named date far into the future. I'm like having flashbacks to short-term rentals uh, where we set a date way far into the future. Um, 10 days from publishing and I'll look up that publishing yeah. date. It, it's so it's probably already, already in effect. effect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything so else to add, Travis? Oh, I'm sorry, Gail. Go ahead. Sorry. I have a question. If it's off topic, you can let me know and I'll talk about it later. But so in effect, once the right to renew, whether it is or isn't effective now, um, once it is effective, wouldn't that kind of um, mostly alleviate the need for the early leasing ordinance to some extent? Or am I... They play, they work in conjunction. Um, okay. The right to renew is based off of the timelines that were laid out in the early leasing or ordinance, the amended version of that. And so kind of both, uh, both sections of the housing code work together as kind of one, um, one piece of legislation, essentially, I think. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think there are still protections in the early leasing ordinance around um, entering the premises and things like that for um, existing tenants that the right to renew now kind of grants them some additional um, protection where before essentially a landlord who wanted to get around the early leasing ordinance could have simply rented the property site unseen to someone else before then uh, or well but but now they uh, that that right to renew 
grants that that first option to the tenant and they still can't enter the premises before the, the time period and start showing that apartment and things like that. Um, so I do, I do think they play off of one another. Um, on, on that front also, I have, I'm working with the administrator right now to try to get a report of complaints that the city has received from the early leasing ordinance so that we can have it for this body as well. And so um, I'm working with him right now. It doesn't sound like we're going to need to take like a resolution to council or anything. It sounds like they're going to work on pulling it together for us. Um, but if we need to, I have drafted a resolution with Zechariah. So um, we can do that as well. Okay. And and I, I guess one of the questions we'll have or once we see those is sort of how they're how they're interpreting the language in the ELO that says um, no, you know, no agreements can be made before I think it's 150 days or what have you, because I think we interpret that differently. I think that was one of our one of our concerns, right? I mean, because we sorry, let me pull up the yeah. Could, could you repeat that one more time? I'm sorry. I um... yeah, I'm not saying it all that clearly. Let me try again. Um, hang on. I'm just trying to pull up the language. So the early leasing ordinance prohibits landlords from showing the rental property or entering into an agreement to rent to another tenant until 150 days before the end of the current lease. I think we, Elizabeth, I believe you and I had talked about this. I mean, we're sort of interpreting what an agreement is a little bit more loosely where my understanding is the city is looking at an agreement to rent as just another lease. Um, and I'm wondering if that's something that we need to discuss with the city as well, what how they define another agreement. I think we've talked about this before, but if I'm coming from left field, I'm sorry. I think, are you, are you referencing the, like the, the wait list essentially, because are you saying that that is an agreement the wait list so, and other, yeah. Okay, just wanted to clarify. Uh, I mean, I think we also, I don't know if this necessarily answers the question, but at, in Right to Renew, we also defined the other, the essentially the like agreement, the, the offer is that, um, are, I, I guess maybe I don't, I don't fully understand the question either. I know, I know that, we we worked to further define kind of what constituted an offer beyond just a contract in right to renew. Is that what you're referencing, or are you talking about a different agreement? I'm talking. Well, I'm talking about I guess before the right to renew. So that would be still this year for leases that are already in effect. The idea of what it means when a landlord enters into an agreement to rent to another tenant. So landlords are saying, I just put someone on a wait list, and I told them you know, you can have this apartment um, at this rate if it's not, you know, on, on whatever the day is in March, that it's 150 days before the end of the lease. Is that considered an agreement or is only signing an, a lease agreement an agreement? Still not making sense? To, to me, I, that's making sense. Oh. Was this a chance? So are you... Are we talking about um, challenges that happened this year in yeah. terms of the violations that were that felt like violations, but the city couldn't recognize them as violations? 
Yes, Elizabeth, and I, and I guess I'm just not sure where we are with that. Are we on the same page with the city as to what's a violation or are we not? Or is that why we wanna look at the complaints? I mean, among other reasons, but. That, that is part of why I wanted to get the report of complaints so that so that we can also see, you know, how how we're handling no, number one, the volume of them that have come in, enforcement actions that have been taken, um, and then also to determine if, you know, this body is seeing kind of a difference in enforcement be behind the intent to see if we need to clarify. Okay. The, the okay. I appreciate it. I'm sorry to be so unclear. <laughs> Is, uh, that's a really good question. A question. Is there going to be any kind of um, systematic um, training that's going to take place as to how the right to renew ordinance is going to be enforced and how it's going to be enforced in conjunction with the early leasing ordinance and how it may affect things like wait lists, for example? So that is one of the other conversations that I know Attorney Riser has been having with the administrator and I have had with the administrator and I'm, I'm sure others have as well um, about who, who going forward should be enforcing it because as we're adding additional um, uh, uh, additional laws here with, with new enforcement mechanisms, um, they're currently falling on a department that hasn't historically had to do this kind of enforcement. Um, and so we're one of the things that I've asked the administrator is to think as we're going into kind of the next budget cycle, if we need to be thinking about how staffing might look for this as we as we continue to add and, and whether or not that needs to be moved into the realm of the attorneys or, or, or who should be enforcing it. And so, um, so that is an open conversation that we're having. <clears throat> I know we had talked about, uh, we had created like a subgroup to talk about enforcement with the necessary authorities in the city. Um, I don't remember who was in that. Uh, Travis, do you mind looping in those people to those conversations wherever you think that that would be appropriate? Um, I know I definitely envisioned having training like presentations to any landlords and to tenants as well on how the, how the law is supposed to work and how you're supposed to follow it uh, and have many, you know, like Nick said, have a systematic way of doing it. So um, anybody who wants to learn uh, can learn. Okay, I think this also, uh, let's see on the agenda. The next point on the agenda is the is the green fair update, but I know that there is a discussion to be had about um, about waitlist deposits. And I know that was brought up by Gail. Um, and I just kind of want to reiterate that I really think that we should try to uh, address that. I know that there's um, in our communications this is kind of at the end of the agenda point nine there is a an attachment there that 
outlines a situation at, um, let's see, it's Landmark, which is a, a, a rental company. And um, they're charging a significant amount of money for waitlist as a waitlist fee. Um, although they, I think they refer to it as a service fee. I've also seen another a company doing the same exact thing, but they call it a no hassle fee. So there's all these different fees that are essentially serving the purpose of a waitlist fee. Um, some are refundable, some are not. Some claim to be refundable, but at the end of the day are not, um, which is really confusing. And you know, I think a lot of tenants don't know how to stand up for themselves. So I think that we need to consider how we should go about addressing that issue. I'll just kind of open the open the floor there. Can I just say, I'm seeing another issue too related to all that is that even students who I've seen that have had refundable deposits, they're having to like do everything in their power to get it back. I mean, I've got, I've had many students, which I've just never seen before, um, call me and saying they're right, you know, they're constantly calling, stopping by the offices, sending emails. And every time they speak to a new person, not, not necessarily at Landmark, but all over, you know, speak to a new person who ensures them they'll get it back soon. And, you know, it's taking months to get it back. So that's just another frustrating point around these, around these deposits as well. Is there a way that that can be regulated? The, the timeline on getting the deposits back? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I wonder, or if I wonder, yeah. Hmm. I don't I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I know that, you know, the remedy when we can't make any progress is to file in small claims court. And it's, you know, it's silly, but that's what we end up doing. Um, and I do everything, you know, short of that to, to avoid having, you know, having to have them file because that's just then fees that they have to pay to file. So um, I, I don't know if it's something that can be regulated or not. Gail, I have a question. Um... And then I'll, you know, pass off to Richard, but I, when you bring up small claims court to like, so what's the process that you usually recommend for people when they're in that situation? Um, do they, you know, what's step one? And then what, what are all the steps up until the small claims court and how, what percent of the time does it actually get to small claims? Well, I don't know. I'll tell you as it comes up, but we're not there yet. But I mean, I usually recommend that you know, that students reach out to their landlord by email because some of them have just been calling and going in the office, that they copy me on the email. You know, if that doesn't work, then I'll send an email. If that doesn't work, then often what, what I'll do is draft um, for them a small, the, the affidavit and claim that they'd have to fill out complete to go to small claims court, send that to the landlord and say, you know, hey, we'd really rather not do this, but we're, we're getting ready to file it. We're going to ask for costs too. Um, I've just sent out a bunch of those letters, so I don't have the answer on whether that's a successful plan yet. But I, I mean, this is this is fairly, I, I, I mean, this weirdly new because I, I mean, I've had struggles getting security deposits back for tenants, but this is just so clear that the money is owed to them and the process is taking so long. Um, so I don't know. I'll let you know how it's going. Is there a, um, I mean, this is where a strong tenants union would be really useful. And, you know, I know that, um, you know, they would shine the light on landlords who are typically abusing these kinds of late fees. They would do education. 
uh, for tenants and students in this area. Um, and in terms of the legality of it, my instinct is that once right to renew takes effect, that it would be improper to even seek a late fee from a current tenant to hold that spot, right? Because in essence, it's a right of first refusal for the current tenants um, before it can be offered to anybody else. So why would you need to get on a wait list, right? If you're if you're there, um, I can't think of any reason why you would have to. I don't know if anybody has a better answer than that, but. I would just say, I agree with you that it is improper, but I don't know if it's illegal. And I think that even if it is illegal, I think that it might be tried. Um, in some cases, I've spoken to tenants who were not first in line for for, mm -hmm. for an apartment, not second in line, like third or fourth in line. And they're almost certainly not going to get those apartments, but the landlords are still accepting their money. And in, in the, the instance, in one instance, we're very, very slow. It took months to return that deposit. So while I agree with you, it shouldn't, it doesn't make any sense. I'm concerned that it will be attempted. And I, I agree that landlords are going to still ask for deposits because they're, they're going to want to have a backup plan if the tenant doesn't renew. So it, I think we're going to be in a similar situation where they're being charged, whatever it is, 250, whatever, to hold a space. And then, you know, if it's refundable, some of them aren't going to be refundable. Some of them aren't going to be refundable. And if it's going to be refundable, it's going to be the same process of trying to get the money back. You know, tenants should also be paying those deposits with a credit card so that they can assert their rights under the Fair Credit Rights Act and base, you know, what we understand is challenging a fraudulent charge. Um, and that would be another remedy that they could use without having to go to court. You know, just I that. have to interject here. <clears throat> In many instances, I don't believe these companies are accepting credit cards. It's often through uh, cash, check, or PayPal, uh, or like Venmo, some kind of service like that, where I don't think that that law applies, unfortunately. Just wanted to point out. PayPal will, I, I know PayPal will um, investigate and return things. I know that personally because I got scammed on something and they returned my money. Um, it, and it's the same kind of, but, you know, it's just another uh, option, but it's still a hassle for the tenant, right? You know, and we found when I was at Student Legal Services with security deposits, which are supposed to be refundable, the word, the people who were scammed the most um, were international students or graduating students who were leaving and who didn't have the ability to challenge um, their security deposit being kept. And um, we actually uh, had a threat in a class action against university towers in order to get them to change their practice uh, at that time because they housed a lot of international students. But um, yeah, if there's something that we could do about fees um, and regulating those fees in some way, that would be helpful. But as far as I know, it's just going to be regulated by contract and uh, you're going to have your contractual remedies, which are going to be threatening them and going to small claims court you know and that's what it comes down to
Richard, go ahead. Yeah. Thanks. So we, in us, in another tenant group, have been talking about the waitlist issue, and I think we feel like it. It's just not fair to have a non-refundable fee because, say, someone's on a waitlist uh, because they just are interested in at least checking out the house or considering it. Uh, say they do a virtual tour, which is allowed at this point. I think as per ELO, you cannot enter premises to show apartments, but you can still do a virtual tour. But for some reason, if someone does go in to check out the apartment up once that's okay and they find that it's not working for them, they may back out, which happens. I mean, we've we've done that in other cities. I've done that in Ann Arbor. Uh, so in that circumstance, they've not signed a lease. They just want to, uh, they've just changed their minds. That should be okay. They shouldn't you know, have to lose money in, under, like in that kind of case. So even a non-refundable deposit feels unfair. So as we do more research mm -hmm. uh, about how this is playing out, as Zachariah mentioned, they're calling it different names, you know, like one apartment complex calls it a no-hassle fee, someone else calls it a reservation fee and whatnot. It, it, of course, needs a little bit of research and more communication with tenants who are experiencing this, but I think even a non-refundable fee, a fee at all seems problematic and non-refundable even more so. I agree that we need to address the fee issue um, for sure. I mean, I, I just see them increasing greatly. I, the no hassle fee is just my favorite. It's just the most poorly named fee. Um, but you know, the no hassle fee, the administrative fee, the prep fee, um, the relet fee, the sublet fee. I mean, they're just, there's, there's more and more fees and, you know, they're just sort of trying to get around making it look like their rents are, you know, higher, but they have all these fees that aren't always apparent up front. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think that would be, it would be a great conversation to continue having to talk about, um, uh, you know, what, if anything, we can do about the onslaught of fees. I mean, because really, you know, I've, I've, I've always told tenants, you know, if you tell them you're not going to pay it and you're not going to take the, like, that's the only way is to sort of tell landlords, you know, this fee is too much. I'm not going to take it. I'm going to go somewhere else. But the reality is that the fees are everywhere. So there, there's very few landlords that don't charge something. So. And also, I, I did speak to our state senator about this, um, who ha who has previously been very involved in rental issues, and I, still is, I think, to an extent. And he expressed concern that a lot of people are still are paying these cleaning fees before they move in, and those aren't actually illegal. And um, he he expressed concern that that wasn't being enforced because you, you do have a right to a clean apartment on um, on arrival. Um, so you, you know, you shouldn't be paying for that. It, it should be included. Um, they just that, call. It, that's just yet another fee. Yeah, they just call. What it was some, that? They just call it something oh. else. Yeah. Um, I think that some of these discussions should be had with uh, John Reiser or another city attorney because I don't I don't think we are we know how much you know what we can regulate legally 
I know that's been expressed to him previously, and I think he's been looking into it, but I'm not, I haven't che or checked up, uh, checked in with him, I guess. Any other um, points of discussion on right to renew or the fees? Kristen, did you find the date to, that it's going to be effective? Yes, it was effective on the 16th. Um, so Perfect. Sunday. Thank you. Last, last week, or this week, earlier this yeah, week. Sunday. A couple days ago. <laughs> going forward, I'm going to be doing some research myself on other cities or authorities that have attempted to um, ban certain fees or regulate fees generally um, when it comes to renting. If anybody else is interested in helping with that research, that'd be much appreciated. Gail, okay. Yeah. Anybody else just send me an email or text. Um, and yeah, and if you do find something in the news, um, you please send it to the whole commission. That'd be wonderful. And there is one other thing that I'd encourage you all to read up on, which is this software uh, that is informing that a lot of apparently you know quite a few landlords use this software, which informs them how much they they should raise their rent each uh, leasing cycle. And a lot of them are using the same software, which comes, in my opinion, seems like it's coming dangerously close to price fixing because if they're all using the same software, that's telling them you should raise it. You know, obviously I, I'm, I need to learn more about it, but I would encourage you all to read up about that software. I can find the details. I just want to find the name for you all. Richard, go ahead. Yeah, I think the company's called RealPage and they've been selling this software or they've developed it. Yeah, thank you. I just found it here too, a Texas-based company called RealPage. Anyway, this looks really complicated and <laughs> I think we should try to understand it to an extent. Anything else on the right to renew or fees? Okay, we'll move on to the green fair. Um, Kristen, Hannah, and I were there at the green fair. Is it improper for me to ask you, Kristen, if you could share what your impressions were of that oh. experience? Um, no, I think that's fine. Um, I thought it was really interesting. I think that to be expected, there were a lot of sustainability related concerns from people, which since it was the green fair, we should anticipate that. Um, something interesting I thought when I was having conversations with people is that um, several people brought up uh, like wishing there was a resource for people who maybe don't, um, 
like don't qualify for types of legal aid or um, maybe are in a place where it's not affordable to them, um, but they don't qualify for something that's like an income-based service, like an income-based resource, um, just like somewhere to ask questions, just like with these fees, um, like almost like a legal resource, um, like wishing for that. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, the other trends, um, just kind of like landlord treatment was the other thing I noticed. Um, when we asked people if they were renters, we would say like, oh, like, how is it going? And it was almost always a negative reaction from the person. So I thought that also was interesting. What did you think, Tech? Oh, go ahead. Um, I wanted to just address something you had that not everybody is aware of, but the Washtenaw County Bar Association will match anybody with a lawyer in their subject area for a, I think it's for a $30 for a half hour consultation. Um, Gail, is it still 30 bucks, but it was 30 for a long time. It's but, 30. Yeah, it's very affordable. You just go to um, washbar.org or just call the, um, or just look it up. And most counties have that resource, you know, attorneys doing very, very cut rate for, you know, and you can get your questions. It's not free, but it's certainly affordable. And, um, and a lot of times that's all folks need is just a question and answer. I'm gonna great, try thank to drop you. that resource in the chat. So while we're talking. That'd be great. Um, do you think that's something the Renters Commission would like on their webpage um, as a resource for people, just a link to that. I, I think that all the, the resources in the um, Rights and Duties Attendance Handbook would be great. Like oh, having, like a, th there's a list um, and, the, and the Washington, um, well, it, it lists here actually the, you know, it does list the Washington County Bar Association, doesn't have their, their website, however. But I think that all of these things probably should be on there, in my opinion. Oh, I can't, I can't drop in the chat, so. Oh yeah, we don't have one, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, the, uh, the uh, I wanted to ask you, Gail and Nick, about the legal services of South Central Michigan. I don't know anything about that, but I, uh, could you explain what how that is maybe analogous if it is or not to what you just mentioned the washington bar association i mean it's income based get um and they have much more demand than they have the ability to serve and you have to be um no higher than a certain percentage above the poverty line so it does disqualify a lot of people for eligibility but they also can't help even the eligible people because um, there's just so much need and, and they have to concentrate on uh, critical uh, legal issues. Um, Gail, do you have anything to add to that? No, I mean, they have certain priorities of, of issues that they'll take, but, it, but it's, I mean, the, the Washington County Bar Association will only do initial referrals for $30. They're not agreeing to represent. The legal services will represent, but um, within their priorities and within the income guidelines that they have set. So I'm happy to send you um, information, you know, the information from their website, if that would be helpful. Okay. 
Gail, maybe you and I can put together a little uh, list of legal resources or something that where people can get um, assistance for a low or moderate cost or no cost. Thank you. Did you have other thoughts um, from the Green Fair, Zachariah? Um, a lot of people did not receive this handbook that I, that I spoke to, and I know that it's listed, you know, that the, the landlords are required to provide this, right? Um, so I'm a little confused why I, that keeps on coming up. I, I, and it's not, it wasn't just a green fair, although several tenants did say that they did not receive a handbook and they moved in. I know I didn't receive it in my last apartment. Uh, yeah, Kristen, go ahead. Oh, um, I wanted to share that um, a person came by the clerk's office today and picked up 70 copies. Uh, which seems like good news for this group. Um, so hopefully they are distributing them promptly. Oh, Regina. Yeah, I, I know that um, I, I've heard this before too. And when I asked about it, I know that um, some of what I've heard is that some landlords are um, like essentially offering a copy and they'll have it like sitting there when somebody's in signing their paperwork and then they don't like the, the tenant doesn't take it and they don't realize that it's actually something that they're required that they're required to give and then that you know it's kind of a, a loose offer uh, because a lot of tenants a lot of landlords don't have enough for every tenant so they just have like a few copies laying around and they say like oh and if you want this we have it um and then folks don't take it and then of course don't review it. Um, and I think I've also heard, I would have to check again, but I think I've also heard that they're, they'll like sign something where they can say that they can provide it electronically and then it will come in an electronic version um, as opposed to getting an actual physical copy, um, which of course, you know, folks might be more likely to look past than if they were actually handed the booklet. I'm wondering if these can be, a lot of the information in here can be transcribed into like a, an FAQ on our website. That seems like it could be helpful. And Kristen, for that, I mean, I'm willing to help do that if if the commission is interested in adding that to the website. Um, what's the process of making those additions? You know, like, should I, should the interested commissioners like come and meet and do that? Or do we just kind of explain the, the changes? Say your question again, please. Uh, what's the process of making changes to the website? Oh, just um, just ask me and I'll make them. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Has everybody read through this handbook? And it's okay if not, um, this little, white, blue, and green one. If you haven't, I would really encourage you all to do that. There is some outdated information in it, but it's really important. A lot of it's very important stuff. And you can, Kristen, where can they find that, uh, the, the handbook? I can send a link out to um, an electronic version, but you can also pick them up in person from the clerk's office. Um, 
any day, eight to five. We're also open on Saturday this week and the Saturday before the election. Councilmember Nelson. Thanks. Yeah, I was going to say I've, I've been working on a research project and I found an article just today that's relevant here. Um, the origins of uh, having a tenant rights booklet is like 1973. And um, people were, I, I can't remember when this article I was reading, it might have been from like the early 80s. Folks reflecting on the origins of the tenant rights booklet talked about how in 1973, there was political pressure to actually leave stuff out because there were there were folks who were saying that they did not want tenants to know all of their rights. I'll see if I can dig it up. I've been trying to collect links in a in a place. I'll, I'll see if I can find it and I'll share it because it's um it was really something. Are you all interested in um it would be easy to send out the booklet in the mail to you all like would that be something you like a hard copy of the booklet and then maybe a printout of the city charter to go with it is that something that or would the link be better either one the link's fine with me okay i have copies somewhere yeah same here i think the link <clears throat> for both are fine i obviously have the physical one of the booklet but not the charter and i think the lake is just good okay just don't want this really cute bound copy of the charter <laughs> wow a rare sitting on a my rare pocket sized edition <laughs> that's exciting is anybody interested in going through and trying to figure out how uh, to update this booklet. I feel that that, you know, a small group of people who kind of like delegate that to a group of people would be really good. Is anybody interested in reading through the charter kind of reporting back to the commission about what the process is like? We could, sorry, I, um, we could, uh, there, there is a, a process and I know that, um, uh, there's a city attorney who is very familiar with it, and I wonder, Kristen, maybe we can work to bring him in to a future meeting to discuss it. Um, I know that I think we've talked before about wanting to reinitiate that. I think it's been a quite some time since it's been updated. Yes, um, definitely. I was thinking something along the same lines, meeting with city staff who um, can answer kind of any of your questions about it. I was talking um, today with staff in the clerk's office because um, I thought it might come up. Um, and they just kind of reaffirmed that the, the change date uh, to, to put the charter amendment to the vote of the people would likely be fall of 2024. Um, so it gives us uh, plenty of time to figure out exactly what you'd like to do. So I'll work. Uh, maybe uh, I'll send you an email, Councilmember Regina, and we can see about um, coordinating something with staff. Um, yeah, we, we can definitely work through Attorney Riser as well, but uh, Attorney Chris Frost has been the one mm -hmm. who's talked to me at length about the process before, and so I know that he's very familiar with it. Yeah, maybe um, 
maybe December or early next year. Okay, anything else in Green Fair? Um, I did meet with the chair of the Energy Commission, John Mursky, um, about some ideas regarding energy efficiency and rental units in the city. Um, I think he'd be a good guest speaker in the future since he's really, I guess he's been getting into uh, the various housing codes, like build, building codes rather, uh, that regulate uh, efficiency. And that's really important in the city. Okay. Well, then we can move on. The work plan update. Kristen, I really appreciate, I'm guessing you're, you're the one who put the that work plan summary together, right? Based on the yes. results. Thank you very much. Yeah, of course. Um, I organized it based on the responses from the surveys and then also kind of what made sense chronologically, like um, a, one of the things you're interested in learning more about should come before uh, like legislation items, stuff like that. Um, you don't have to, well, you can't approve today because there's no quorum, but it is something I'd like to get approved and sent over to city council by the end of the year. Um, so maybe we can do a final copy um, for the November meeting. So if you take a look and have any comments or feedback, I'd be happy to move stuff around. Does everybody know how to access that? The work plan document? I have a question about the document. Can we discuss like just comments and questions? Okay, so yeah, thank you, Kristen, for organizing it that way. It was really clear. There's a column, I think that's like who's assigned the task or who's interested in working on certain projects. Uh, on what basis, like some, some of it is already filled in, but some is not. So. I was wondering how we're planning that. I was filling that out based on um, like maybe who has said those things to me most frequently or like reminded me about them the most. Um, I'd be happy to add anyone to um, any section for that. I also added um, like rents, I have rental housing and Human Rights Commission, because those are groups kind of associated with that work. He's, I saw the um, like Fair, Fair Housing Act violations and then inspection process. So maybe like partner group or interested committee or commission member. So if there's anything anyone's particularly interested, it'd be great to get those kind of assigned also. I have a follow-up question. Do you think the assignment should happen like by a vote or something? Or if right now I feel like I'm interested in something, can I just, should I email you or voice it immediately? For example, I think there was, there's, a, there's some priorities around housing quality, like maintenance and or housing inspection, things like that. Uh, it seems 
like as of now there's no name assigned to it but i know a lot of us feel like that's an important thing to work on so like that's an example of something i'd be happy to sign up for yeah i think that for some of these items forming some informal subgroups like we have like you have formed already like with waitlist deposit is a great way um, to be able to move work forward without having to hold um, public meetings to talk about kind of your, your research and what you've been working on. So I'll put you um, for sure as an interested member for that item and then maybe we can work to establish a small group. Okay, any other questions about the work plan? Uh, please do review it and think about these ideas. And if one stands out to you, something that you would like to take on, that would be wonderful. But I think we'll have to review that in the next commission meeting. Okay. Uh, then we have early leasing ordinance materials with an attachment that I encourage you all to um, open. Uh, we actually have two attachments. Uh, we have the complaint, the leasing ordinance complaint forms and uh, the code enforcement cases by type and status. Uh, Kristen, did you provide this? To, did you get this for this meeting? Oh, I did. Rental housing provided this information last week. Um, so I didn't have a chance to organize it or pull from it. I just um, really only had time to redact. So if you're interested in like a more formal report, which it really sounds like you are, that's something I'm happy to also try to get. Yeah, I, I see here that like all of these cases are in legal um do, do you have a better understanding of what that means i don't i'm sorry um okay i would say sorry. i this probably likely isn't super helpful um not resolved is how i would uh okay take those that's a great question for john riser i can follow up with him tomorrow Okay, yeah, it looks like the vast majority of them are, it says that they are illegal, uh, as opposed to some of them, which I think are indicating that they're unfounded. And I believe that's that the complaints are unfounded, but I'm not totally sure. So it sounds yeah, like those are questions like, Oh, um, go ahead, sounds sorry. like the Renters Commission might need some more information from Riser or Rental Housing on interpreting this information. Uh, yes. Okay. Cool. I, um, should one of us email John Riser and uh, Rental Housing Services, or is that oh, are you going to do that, Kristen? I'll follow up and see what I can. Thank you very um, much. If I can try to get for you. Thank you. Any thoughts about these materials? 
Okay. Nick, go ahead. Thanks. As I look at the the list of code enforcements, um, are most of those landlords, those owner residents who are targets of the complaints, larger landlords? That seems to be my impression. I'll pull it up. Um... But, you know, uh, Gail or somebody else uh, may know who these landlords are, like Ann Arbor Properties 11 and Getty's Properties and KRP and... You know, which, which kind of, you know, on that just quick glance leads to the possible theory that even though they're a minority of landlords or the larger companies, that they're um, uh, taking a higher percentage of complaints um, because maybe they have a systematic approach to how they, you know, contact tenants for renewal and et cetera. Yeah, I'd love to have a sense of, you know, as Zachariah asked, what in legal means and what, how these cases are being addressed and closed. Not seeing the landlord's name, I'm not clear on who these landlords are. Well, some well, I see. It's on the owner resident on the far right there. Yeah, well, now I see it on the actual complaint forms. Prime student, Preston. See those. But I, I don't know who those are. Well, some of them I do. Are you familiar that, with Ann Arbor Properties 11? No, I don't know who that is. But but I'm looking at the, um, but I can check. Oh, let me see if I can find out. But I'm looking at the complaint forms, which was also attached. And those say the property manager. I see Michigan Rental, Campus Management. Mm -hmm. Ann Arbor Properties says care of prime student housing. So yeah, that one. Um, Michigan rental. So yeah, we can see on the on the list yeah. of complaints who they are. Okay. Well, sounds like we need more information and we can review this at the next commission meeting. Um, if I have time, I I will go through and see if I can kind of like figure out what percent are larger landlords and what percent are smaller landlords and just kind of, you know, look them up one by one, put them in like a spreadsheet. But if I have time. <laughs> this might merit another subcommittee because it's a lot of information to sift through. And also I just feel like if a I don't know if the building or the property is registered under the name of a limited liability company. It's kind of hard to even find out who is like the larger, like the 
parent company things like that. I might be mistaken, but I've heard that if you if it's registered as an LLC, it's sometimes harder. Uh, like they might actually be linked to a larger landlord or some company. But yeah, it's, it seems like a sizable amount of work and part of ELO enforcement, which is also in the work plan. So maybe worth having a subcommittee to it and not you alone, Zach, Karaya. Okay, well, if anybody's interested um, in trying to figure, kind of sift through this stuff, until we get uh, answers on other aspects of the, the, uh, this information, like like what in legal means, um, please let me know. And then we can find a date and maybe sift through it. <laughs> I'm wondering if eTracket could be helpful here. Um, for those of you who don't know or remember, eTracket is kind of like a database that shows all the all these different certificates, including the certificate of compliance, which is required for landlords to rent out uh, any rental units. That's sometimes abbreviated, abbreviated as COC, Certificate of Compliance. So if you ever see that in a document, that's what that means. Richa? That's exactly what I was doing just now. I went to e-track it and I put in one of the properties, but it's like whatever is in the yellow report, the one that Kristen shared, it seems like they registered in a similar manner in the in e-tracket. I wonder if that's all linked because it's also the parcel number in the in the report that we have right now and whatnot. But you're right, it seems like a good resource. Maybe it's already linked somehow with this report. So, so just know they're switching over the e-tracket system and they have a new system called Stream. Um, yeah. I can send you guys the link for that too. And, and I, I currently check both because I don't think that they fully transferred, I could be wrong, but I don't think they fully transferred everything to stream. Um, let me put the link in the chat. It will take me a minute. Do stream.a2gov.org. Um, I don't know how much is in stream since it's fairly new, but I think that's definitely a great resource to share. Yeah, thank you. I did not know that. Sorry, I thought this whiteboard would oh. be something different. Um, I thought this would allow uh, some sharing. Yeah, I, I did not okay. think it would be like an actual whiteboard. Um, I will close it. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Um, just to recap, Gail, you and I, uh, what was the first thing that uh, we said we would do? Research fees. Research the fees, right, and other authorities, jurisdictions that have tr tried to regulate those kinds of fees, including the state of, in the state of Michigan. Um, like, um, I'm curious to know more about that that cleaning fee um, idea that you know this cleaning fees should not be allowed, um, and then this here going through the um, complaints and figuring out which 
you know, are there, you know, which are repeat offenders potentially, or I guess rather, I shouldn't say offenders because we had, you know, nothing, we don't know if, if these complaints are, were found to be um, justified or not. So I guess, but you know, which, which landlords are attracting lots of complaints on their early leasing ordinance, that'd be helpful to know. Uh, Richard, are you interested in looking through that, looking at that with me? Okay. Anybody else, please just let me know. Okay. Anything else on the early leasing ordinance materials? Thank you very much, Kristen, for coordinating this. Um, although it's not, you know, we, we do have questions about it. It's very helpful to at least see these two documents. Okay, then report from city staff. Um, thank you. The only report that I have is that um, there was some interest from commissioners um, for this meeting to talk about some of the vacancies um, on the renters commission. I, I unfortunately don't have any updates on that. There are the two landlord vacancies and one other vacancy. Um, I'm hoping to have a little bit more information for you in November or some uh, progress update. So I only report. Go ahead. For the commissioner slot, the non-landlord commissioner slot that's open, I, uh, I don't think we've received information about applicants. Uh, is it, are we supposed to do that thing, reform the group and then, do, I, I could be mistaken, but I know that we, we received information about the, uh, the landlord seat applicants, um, the two that were received at, that, at the time that we, when we discussed that, but I don't think that we've uh, gotten any information about the other seats. Councilmember Regina. I, I was also just gonna say, I, I don't remember who raised their hand as wanting to be engaged in that um, process. I am happy to pull people together. I know actually as recently as last meeting that the mayor asked if, if the commission had recommendations for the vacancies. And so um, I know that he's waiting to make any appointments until he hears back from us on, on some recommendations. Um, and so if, if there are folks who wanna to get together to review the applications that have come in, um, I'm happy to work with folks. Okay, that's very important information. Thank you, Travis. Um, I know I remember, you know, I was interested, it was anybody who else was interested in being part of that smaller group that's gonna review the applications and make a recommendation to Mayor Nick, you're interested. Okay. Is there anybody DC else? May who have been, sorry. Yeah. Um, Commissioner Peterson, I think, was interested. I'll add. I believe that is correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. I, I do remember reviewing the the two landlord applications for the two seats that we have. Um, do you know if there have been any more? I'm not aware of any additional landlord applicants. Um, I can check that right now, but I, last time I checked, there had not been. Darn. I keep on asking people to apply because I, I want to want to fill all the seats. Uh, but okay. 
Thank you. Uh, then I'll, I guess we can communicate Travis, Nick, and with, also with Lucy. Anything else for the report from city staff, Kristen? Nope. Wonderful, thank you. Then our plan for the November meeting. Uh, I know we mentioned a few things that we'd like to have on the agenda, like the work plan, uh, so, uh, some further information regarding the early scene ordinance materials that were on this agenda. Um, anything, Kristen, do you have any ideas of what other, other components will be on the agenda? Um, work plan and ELO, if there was any um, progress or presentation on any of the fee, like the waitlist fee deposit item, that might be a good meeting for it. In November or December, you will also have to approve a meeting calendar for 2023. That would be a, a small item on the agenda. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I feel, I just wanted to add, I, I do feel more confident about creating some kind of presentation now that I, I feel that in the past two weeks or so, I've received a few more, or we as a commission have received a few more um, pieces of information, like, you know, I guess uh, screenshots or whatever, you know, communications regarding those fees um, that could be helpful and putting together like a more comprehensive report or presentation. So um, I know um, Commissioner Peterson was uh, going to do that, uh, but I'm not. I haven't heard back. So I think that maybe um, Richa, are you interested in helping out or in creating a presentation, um, consulting maybe with Gail, or so if any of the other commissioners? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. This would include the waitlist information, right? Whatever we've found out since last year, things like that. I can help with that. Okay. Um, and if any any of the other commissioners are interested in putting helping with that presentation, and kind of I'm kind of envisioning either a PDF report or a PowerPoint. Doesn't have to be super. Um, lengthy, but I'm thinking kind of a quick explanation of the different kinds of fees um, outside of the, you know, regular expected fees that uh, that people have been experiencing, but specifically about, the, I think, the waitlist deposits and whatever names they go under. Just kind of have a list of, of those things and a, a short summary of what we know would be really helpful, I think. Um, it, and Kristen, was there anything else uh, for that agenda? Oh, Council Member Regina. Sorry, I have one more thing that came up today, so it's not on the agenda. Um, Geo reached out to me today to share uh, that U of M was the the office the, the office of the Dean of uh, Students was hosting today uh, a housing fair. 
um, on, on North Campus, and I think there's another one coming up on Central Campus for students, encouraging students to check out their off-campus housing options. Um, obviously, GEO reached out with a little bit of concern that this is sending some mixed messages because it is so far before students, most students would be able to actually be signing up for off-campus housing. Um, so I just wanted to give an update that I'm reaching out to um, U of M's community relations uh, person who works with council um, to to offer to collaborate in the future. I, you know, it's possible that the, this office is not aware of the the new ordinances and could just be going off of timelines in the past, things like that. But wanting to make sure that we're sharing that information out as well, and and actually. Gail, I see your hand coming up. You were also a person that I said I would like to maybe loop into that conversation, given that you're another on-campus per person. Um, so I just wanted to let you all know that that was happening and that I am opening a line of communication with U of M about that so that we can make sure that students are getting the right information. I would also like to make sure that we have some folks at something like that that can talk about tenants' rights um, and, and kind of some of the new protections that are in place for them. So, so the person, the housing fair is put on by Beyond the Diag, which is through the um, Dean of Students Office. So the person you probably want to talk to is Mark Simmons. Um, I know he's aware of what's going on because he and I talk pretty regularly. So it might just be that this is always the timeline that they've had. Um, but I assume having some conversations about that would be good. Um, yeah, I mean, I will be there just I may be there actually just because we usually have a table but no one really wants to come talk to us so that's so if anybody wants to stop by on my, on the on Wednesday I'll be there or Tuesday I can't remember um but yeah I, I agree that the, the date should be changed to kind of reflect the fact that we're trying not to push the people signing leases early and they can't and everything so thanks Galen and yeah I, I assumed I could likely reach out to the office itself, but I want to make sure that I'm looping in appropriate channels to knowing that, you know, we should probably go through the person who is assigned to work with council, even though because I work on campus, I often know. Yeah, got, yeah, I understand. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that out there. As an additional aside, I did look it up and we have only but I can see we have only had one new applicant since April, um, and that person is not a landlord. Um, and so we could probably do some additional outreach again to remind people that they can continue demonstrating interest and as uh, as vacancies arise, they'll be filled on a rolling basis. Thank you very much. Okay, well, if there are any other points that should that you think should be on the agenda for the November meeting, please email Kristen. Um, I'm guessing we'll think of some things as that date approaches. AJ. Uh, just a quick question, Zach. Uh, where do we stand on uh, town hall? Has that been officially punted until, well, obviously until next year, I'm assuming it has been, but what's the official word amongst ourselves? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Um, unfortunately, uh, I think we're going to have to do it in uh, some sometime next beginning of next year, either in sort of the winter or the spring. Is that correct, Kristen? 
Yes, um, it seems like spring would be best um, to meet outdoors if that is still the, um, like I anticipate that to be the rule. I think um, keeping your eye out for informal events like the green fair or maybe this housing fair are good options for the renters commission to still be meeting with people. So if you see anything like that or hear about it, definitely bring it to the group. I think that is a good idea for a renters commission representation in places like that. Richa? Would the housing fair be like the Beyond the Diag housing fair as an example? Or since you mentioned housing fair or like green fairs? Yeah, if that is something that I guess I'm unsure if it's open to outside organizations. Um, just those types of events, I guess, as an example. It would be very interesting if it's open to the renters commission. <clears throat> It'd be a good idea to be there. And uh, AJ, I know, I believe that central student government at U of M is planning on doing some renters or te tenants town halls. Um, I don't think they've set a date yet because they're currently collecting information through uh, um, like a, a survey, I believe, a campus-wide survey. And then, and then I believe they're going to do a town, uh, some several town halls, but I can keep you in the loop as I hear more about that because I really like the ideas that you brought to the uh, our meeting about town halls. And I think that they would be very open to collaborating on what you know, the structure of the town hall. Although I do think, you know, beyond, beyond just um, students, we also need to have some events that are facing other members of the public. Okay. Um, yeah, any additions? And then to Kristen, anything else about the agenda for our November meeting? I think, um, oh, Richa? I have an unrelated question. So what are residential associations? Sorry, it's a really like, basic question, but like on the Ann Arbor government website, there's a list of residential associations. I think it's at the neighborhood level. I was just unclear on what, who is involved in those. I know they have like appointed leaders or coordinators, but how do those function? Is there any way for like tenants to engage? Councilmember Nelson. As somebody I know, and I forget the circumstances, somebody I know was curious about those neighborhood associations. Um, these are people who have just proactively contacted the city and said, look, we have a neighborhood association and I'm the head of it. Um, it's very informal. I Somebody told me, I think that, that it's kind of outdated as well. Um, if, you, if you were to like look those folks up and try to contact them, uh, um, some of them, some of them are outdated. Um, are you suggesting that um, like rental communities should be encouraged to organize and like be listed on the city site? Cause I think that's a good idea. Is that what you were thinking? 
yeah i was wondering if there's any way like ideally there should be like tenants like tenants should know each other at the neighborhood level and if that's a place to if that's some infrastructure that's already in place and tenants could start plugging in uh, oh yes I, the one thing that I think does happen with neighborhood associations is the the data the collection that the city has on record. Um, they do contact those leaders on record when there's something going on that's within the neighborhood. Generally, um, somebody was telling me that they got notification of something that they they think they got notification because they are designated as some neighborhood leader. But that's the only that's the only interaction that I know of really between the city and those those contacts that you saw listed on the city site. I don't think that there there's a lot of activity that goes on between the the city and those contacts. I think that's correct. I don't think the city um, keeps track, uh, like does any sort of maintenance to see if they're still active, but they do definitely accept them and add them to the list and then notify. Um, kind of like a rolling email list, uh, public uh, planning commission, public hearing, stuff like that. Councilman Regino. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say, I, I know that um, the process of getting one established seems to be, there's a like a registration form that you can fill out with the city. Um, we have a couple in Ward 3 that are relatively active, some newer than others. Um, and, and with them, I think, I think the website includes a map uh, of like what the area is. And so renters who live within the established ones, I think should and uh, should absolutely get involved. I think to the extent that, you know, a a residential building or something like that wants to to try to organize to, to council member Nelson's point, a, a neighborhood association, um, just to kind of communicate with one another and and I know the the neighborhood groups, uh, the the associations. There have been times where you know Councilmember Grand and I have been invited to uh, a meeting because there's a particular issue in the neighborhood that that folks have been talking about. Um, a few of them I know do have kind of more formal elections, whether or not they're informing the city when leadership changes happen, things like that. Um, that may be more of an issue, but um but there are certainly some that are still very active and i think others that are are very much not but i i do think it's a really interesting idea to have kind of um some rental associations i think this kind of mirrors or ties in rather to, to the uh, discussion about the ann arbor tenants union because any sort of association that's composed of tenants is kind of similar to either a tenants association or a tenants union, you know, um, that, that is what it is. And um, I know that we used to have a lot more of those associations in the city in the past, um, <clears throat> partially because I think that the uh, organization called the Ann Arbor Tenants Union was, was active and right now it doesn't seem to be, but I would love to learn more about the ATU. And um, I, I know that part of the reason why it is no longer active is because it lost funding. Some, I, I know at least, I think the majority, if not all of the funding came from the central student government at U of M, but um, I would love to investigate that. Uh, I know Nick, you know, some, some of that information. I think we should talk about that. Oh, and one thing I, I've a few times uh, wanted to uh, contact, you know, commissioners via phone. And I don't, I realized, I don't think we have each other's phone numbers. It might be something that we should exchange via email. 
kind of have a, a centralized sheet in case we need to contact each other. You know, if Kristen could just send out an email, just asking people to respond with that, that might be the most efficient. Yes, I have a list. Um, I'll send the list and then you can let me know if it needs to be updated. Um, they're pulled from um, applications, which are could be outdated by now. I have to run. I know we're wrapping up and getting close to wrapping up, but I have to run. So see everybody later. Are there any other comments? Because I don't think we, I think we've addressed everything on the agenda that we can, but, you know, just open the floor in case anybody wants to ask a question, bring something up or make a comment. Just want to ask, what is quorum for us and how short were we? Six people, we were short one. So I'm thinking that that subgroup here that's going to go through the applications, we should meet sooner rather than later so we can get somebody appointed. Because uh, I think, you know, if we had an extra person that was able to come tonight, we would have met quorum. And also, I think. Uh, part of the reason why I wanted the phone numbers is to send people a reminder text and kind of check in with people more directly uh, to make sure we have a head count so we can prevent this from happening again. Also, just to make, I believe that quorum is set by the number of currently appointed commissioners, not by the number of slots. So if, if somebody, if there is a vacancy, mm -hmm. I don't believe this person counts towards quorum. I don't believe. Um, this was a conversation at another commission meeting we had, and I thought that was the advice we received back. Is that because? Okay. I can seek clarification. It says, sure, yeah, it does say in our bylaws, the presence of, of six voting members shall constitute a quorum. Because we have, um, an odd number anyway it's likely that one vacancy would change the quorum number but um yeah can't you can't have a half of a person here oh i see what you're saying okay <laughs> yeah so technically since okay yeah i understand thank you I just wanted to share that in the past couple of weeks, we've been receiving information about, uh, like we know that landlords ask tenants to renew early, but they also say that if tenants don't renew now and postpone a few months down the line, they'd hike the rent by a substantial percentage. And that I don't think like inflation is, a, is an excuse for that or like capital improvements is a reason this this is something else that sounds more like like intense pressure to renew early again so just wanted to flag that this this happens every year and the complaints are coming in again so and we don't know what to even say to tenants when things like that happen yes yeah, oh sorry i mean you're the moderator oh no I, I was just wondering if there's a case to be made there that that's a retaliatory rent increase because essentially they're threatening to retaliate if you don't sign early, earlier with a rent increase, you know? So 
Um, I don't I don't know if that's a good legal argument or anything, but something that could be explored. Okay, anything else before we adjourn unofficially? Where's okay. Our, where's our adoring public tonight? Don't we have any commenters? <laughs> Not tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I think, it, I wonder if our, most of our commenters were attracted by the right to renew stuff or the um, the fact that we were just brand new. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Don't worry, we'll get raving audiences soon enough. Okay, uh, well, I think we'll uh, we can just adjourn here. Um, you all can reach out to uh, me and I, you know, any other member of the commission whenever. I think that'd be really great. We do have a, a couple action items. Um, I will loop you in, AJ, to further communications about the student town halls. Okay, um, that'd be great. Be working. Yeah, and uh, there's the yellow stuff, and um, uh, with Gail, what was the, what was the action item with Gail? I'll, I'll check in with Gail. <laughs> she knows. Okay, wonderful. Um, so I think we can just adjourn. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Good night, everybody.